Welcome to another episode of Food, Faith, and Feelings. We are walking with you on your journey to wholeness. I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett, and we are here with Carlos Houston. What up, though? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Carlos. (laughs) You crack me up. So uh, I think last time we were talking about Rufus, but this time I believe we have a caller. Are we ready for our caller? I think uh, caller's up, yeah. Hello, caller. What's your name? Hi, uh, Lucy. Hi, Lucy. How are you doing today? Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I can't believe I'm on air. Yes, you are. How old are you, Lucy? Fifteen. You're fifteen. And where are you from? Macon, Georgia. Wow, great. So I know you understand that today's show is about Christmas and family. You want to talk to us a little bit? you feel that pressure yes like i, I can't quit thinking about it. like i know like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kiss this man's lips. and i understand and in fact i really do understand i've i've had some family members that have made me feel uncomfortable in the past and so well have you talked to anyone about this lucy everyone talks about it like we, we, we all like it was like i hated it and stupid but no one doesn't think about it like i don't even want to go this year yeah, I, and you probably have to, don't you? Yes. Is it your mom's brother or your dad's brother? My mom's. Okay, okay. And so have you talked with your mom or your dad about this? My mom does. Like, like, even she, like, like, really, like, I think he gets off on it. He gets, oh, really? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of the times this kind of behavior from your uncle can progress. Has this ever gotten any worse for you or any of your family members? I wish he would. Wow, Lucy. So, you know what? Lucy is actually describing one of those things that makes holidays, which is supposed to be a wonderful time, stressful. Stay tuned for some of the other factors that go into why people get more depressed and feel more stressed during the holidays when they're around the people that they love the most or supposed to love the most. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Right now, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. NISA is a capital company that helps connect those who are from countries outside of the United States to access funding and legal assistance using specific programs that are flexible in order to enhance a project's success. NISA Capital is a global professional services firm that's headquartered in Atlanta and has locations in Miami, India, China, Korea, Vietnam, and Latin America. Wow. 
Sounds like Lucy had a little frog in her throat for a minute there. I think so. Something happened. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, so so Lucy's having some serious anxiety, uh, understandably. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Families such as the ones with her uncle right. um, can cause, you know, people can cause stress for other people. Right. I mean, right. people are the most important things in our lives. And so when we have people, our family that are, you know, we, we are connected to through blood. Sometimes that doesn't mean we always need to like them or that they're healthy or safe people. Right. Right. And I think it's, there's two parts. Here. There's in situations like Lucy's situation where someone is causing the stress. There are times where we create the stress ourselves, whereas um, because Christmas holidays and there's such um, for some people, there's such an importance in giving and they stress themselves out wanting to give. And well, I, I have a lot of friends, you know, females that are moms and right. and they have, you know, they want to have the perfect whatever. They want to have the perfect gift for the person that they that they love. They want to have the perfect house. They want to have the perfect meal. And I think that that need to be perfect is really an internal program. I mean, it's an internal thing, belief that's going on that makes them believe that they are a better person because X, Y, and Z is perfect. But that doesn't mean that they're perfect because the only perfect person we killed. And that strong desire to do for everyone, for their family, that that, that perfection that they're seeking to be the perfect mom. Uh, Jimmy wants the new Xbox and whether I have the money or not, I've got to get Jimmy that Xbox. Right, right. right. Well, and I, I think that there's a lot of love. There's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of desire to please others. And that can be stressful in and of itself. And right. so, you know, it, I, I think it just, um, you know, the way, one of the things that I would like to sort of throw out there for people is if you go into a stressful environment, if you like, you know, sometimes going home can be extremely stressful because, well, I've always fought with so-and-so or I've always, you know, felt uncomfortable around my uncle or whatever it is, then you can think about how you respond. That's the only thing you have control over. I like to tell my clients, think about a hula hoop around you and anything that's inside that hula hoop is what you can control. And that's you, your thoughts, your words, your actions, everything you say, your responses. And so whatever someone else does or says, the best thing to do is bite your lip and shut up and breathe and then think about how you want to respond. And that slows everything down. That's good. Now, what about the other side of the the spectrum, so to say, um, from anxiety or stress, but the depressive side of it where, you know, um, sadly, um, there are a lot of people who have lost family members and around the holidays, which totally changes the the uh, view of the holidays. I myself have lost family members um, this this season. Um, for some people, it's a reminder, whereas it used to be such a happy time for them. Uh, maybe they lost their father or they lost a grandparent or, or, or a child even um, mm-hmm. this time of the year. So uh, how, how would you uh, help them to, to find some peace and some joy in the holiday season? Well, I think that everyone's journey is different um, in terms of grief and loss and mourning. And where one person might, you know, some people will set a table placement for that person right. to re- recognize or remember. And for other people, that might be kind of weird or eerie. And so 
I really think that having a conversation about that person prior to Christmas or like, you know, I've lost a cousin. I lost a cousin about 15 years ago to cancer. And literally she and I always sat in the same space next to each other. And we had our little our little team bonding and building moments together. And when she was gone, I, I grieved a lot, even though I didn't see her a lot. And so I think recognizing that this is going to be different and not having that expectation that other people are going to grieve the same way that you are mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to grieve. A lot of people think that crying is a weakness and crying itself is not a weakness. It's just an outward expression of an inside emotion. It's the same as laughing. If you say, if you hear something funny and you laugh, that's not weak. So if you're sad, the normal thing to do is cry. And so I think that people, you know, I I would love to change the whole world mentality around crying because it is actually very therapeutic. Right. I think it's it's what you say there a lot. Also, um, it's important to um, not hide the feelings. And and, and a lot of times it's that elephant in the room and nobody wants to talk about when several individuals are feeling the same thing, several individuals, but because we all deal with it differently, um, sitting that that placement, as you said, that would be totally weird to this person, but being able to be understanding that for this person, it's therapeutic for them or it's, it's needed for them at this time. And we, we, I've talked with individuals who have said, well, I was able to get over it. Why can't he get over it? And to understand that we all move at different paces, we all have different relationships and different connections to the person or to the situation. So be patient with one another. Right. Well, and and to think what you're saying is we all have different ways of coping. Right. And some people don't learn how to cope. Um, and in fact, last night I was running a group where this mother and daughter are dealing with changes in their relationship because her daughter is going through. Um, processing some of her grief, processing some of her traumatic issues, and the relationship with mother and daughter is changing because the daughter is changing. And, you know, going back to little Lucy, I mean, one of the things that, you know, we hope is appropriate is that every person has a voice and can be heard. And that if, I mean, Lucy's even seeing that, you know, everyone is agreeing to it and we're doing it, even though we think it's gross and we don't like it. And so, Sometimes setting up a boundary in a family where there's never been a boundary or where it's not appropriate or it's not okay for a child to say no, that that creates a huge wave and that can create stress. And so, you know, where people having a family system or developing a family system where everyone has that kind of mutual respect, regardless of age. It has a voice. And has uses that voice. I mean, we we are both resonating around that because that's a big term that we use in the eating disorders world, which is use your voice and develop your voice and find your voice and speak what's going on inside so that you're not carrying it around and acting it out through an eating disorder. Let me ask you, as far as what are your, I want to say not habits, what are Customs. What, what, do you have any any holiday customs? What does is, what is Christmas Christmas mean to you? Oh wow, what a great question! Um, so all all four. So this year, actually, a few uh, month or two ago, my my last grandparent died, and so I'm doing a lot of things differently this year. Um, but on my father's side, we have a we had a tradition 
my grandmother would make everyone an ornament, have their name engraved. And whenever you came in, either Christmas Eve or Christmas, you would take your ornament off of this little hanging up place. And then you would put it on the tree. Hang me up, please. And it's it's a technical term. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's in the DSM. <laughs> and then, so in my mother's side, we also we, my other grandmother would have sugar cookies. And so this year, I found myself. Um, I, I bought a new house. I put up my first tree in my first house. And what did I do the day after Thanksgiving? I had a party, and everyone who walked in the door had to put a bulb from the the box of bulbs onto the tree. So I had a tree trimming party and I was like, I'm going to bring my traditions and create my own. And then I made sugar cookies. Cool. So it's creating, taking the old and integrating it with the new Mm -hmm. and with the changes and celebrating, you know, the day after Thanksgiving with my friends. It was, it was a great time. I had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. That is awesome. We are doing something new this year. Uh, celebrating in Orlando, which is something. I mean, my family—it's always family getting together. Your Christmas, yes. And you're from Alabama, girl. Yeah. Uh, so being uh, so with with my wife's side of the family, uh, somewhere where it's warm, it's hot. We have a swimming pool. We're we're getting the house down in in Orlando, and uh, which is something totally different. Uh, I love my side of the family and the things that we do. So it's, you know, with my wife, it's one year with with her family, next year with my family. Uh, and this is just something new, something different. And, and, and yeah, I'm excited about it. You know, just like you said, doing still family getting together, still have that, that, uh, and everything in my family's around food, like every celebration food is the center of it. So that, that's one of the things that really helps me see the, the pain in eating disorders mm. because like, all of our celebrations, all the joy, things that, that when we're, we're laughing and having fun, the kitchen is a center point, you know, in around food. So for an individual who is unable to experience that joy around food, I'm not saying that that's the only place that mm. you can have it, but um, food is, is a, a great accompaniment to. Well, to, yeah, and it gives people something to share. Right. And and like you said in last uh, our last episode, um, our last show, that for someone with an eating disorder, it's food is like a snake on a plate. And one of the things I try and, and help. Now, in, in my family, a snake on a plate uh, in Alabama is. is Actually is, good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with some gravy. But no, but, but uh, yeah, go ahead. I know what she's talking about, though. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, and so it, going back to the serious part, you make me, you make me laugh, Carlos. Um, so having that. Um, that scary, the scary thing. And, and, you know, for people, we're supposed to, you know, we've figured out through science and, and doctors and nutrition that we need to eat six times a day. And if you think about it, someone that has an alcohol problem or a drug problem, they don't have, I mean, they don't have to have alcohol or drugs six times a day in order to survive. But a, a person with an eating disorder has to face that monster every day, multiple times a day, which increases their stress level. And like we were saying during the break, that for some people having feelings stuck inside of them, like I I literally had a client about 10 years ago say, you know, when I've got all these feelings inside, there's no room for food. And so having to put, I mean, it's kind of like putting you know, when you're full, when you're physically full, if you don't have an eating disorder and then having to take one more bite, 
you know, it's like, oh, I want the rest of that, but I just can't fit any more in. That's what every bite feels like to someone, at least with anorexia. That is a great analogy. It, it puts you in a place of understanding what they feel, that, that feeling of being miserable. But we'll, we'll continue that talk. Let's go ahead and uh, take a word from our sponsors. So could your nonprofit use $10,000 per month in free Google advertising? Since 2003, Google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world. They've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations, recruiting and volunteer work, and in raising awareness for their causes. Visit epicgrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. Welcome back to Foods, Faith, and Feelings. I'll walk with you on your journey to wholeness. I think it's important to talk about some of the current affairs that we have going on. Uh, here recently on uh, December the 7th, I believe it was. Yes, it we had was. a bipartisan passing of a very important act. Uh, it was called the 21st Century Cures Act. Um, and there's, there's, we can go more into it um, about the Cures Act. Yeah. yeah. So Joanna. Joanna Kendall. With the Alliance for Eating Disorders. Thank um, you. I, yes. Her name just went out of my mind. <laughs> like, I hate that. And Joanna has been working for at least 10 years, if not longer, on the Eating Disorder Alliance in uh, starting out um, to help politicians and insurance companies to understand the real issues that are going on so that they can change policy and legal act, taking legal action to help these people that MANA is also trying to help, but helping change the policies so that they can get treatment and adequate tre- treatment. Right. Uh, it, it also helped out a, um, a larger uh, standalone bill or act that had been introduced earlier called the Anna Weston Act. Uh, but there's three major parts specifically concerning eating disorders and, and as well mental health is in general. But uh, one of the things that the 21st Century Cures Act does is, is provides uh, or includes information and awareness of eating disorders, uh, two, uh, education and training on eating disorders, and three, clarification of the existing parity rules. Uh, There was a bill passed a few years ago, Clarity and Parity, and it just brings clarification that eating disorders is a part of that larger Clarity and Parity Act. So this is a big success. um, Huge. uh, Across the country. Right, right, for eating disorder awareness and treatment and, and all of it, it goes towards um, helping to educate both the professional, the political and the general public on, um, on how important it is to have proper care and treatment for eating disorders and, and mental health in general, which is something I think our, our country has really been um, leaning toward, whether it's directly or indirectly with gun control, with um, some of the things that we're seeing in schools, with higher education, with so there's a lot of different things that are bringing us back to mental health. Yes, we are. Um, we at the Mana Fund are very, very impressed and supportive of Joanna and all of the work, especially at the Eating Disor- Disorder Coalition. We are proud to be a sponsor and we I have intention to continue to help them in the future and 
in terms of raising awareness through our show, in terms of raising, um, the, you know, doing some lobbying with them on Capitol Hill locally. And so I just have nothing but utmost respect for Joanna and everything that she's doing. Right. I agree. I had the opportunity, the pleasure um, around this time last year to, to do some lobbying on Capitol Hill, uh, meeting with um, the Senate and with Congress uh, in, in the House um, to discuss the Anna Weston Act. At that time, was one of the, uh, one of our main focus points, and to to talk with uh, their aides, to talk with them. And one of the things that I really appreciated was the welcome that we received. Um, they were very interested in what we were talking about. Even had some individuals who were disclosed that they had family members who were dealing with eating disorders. So they were very attentive. They wanted to hear more about it and, and said that they, well, as we see now, and this is proof, they said then that they would, um, would support it. And, and the proof is in the pudding as, as with this bill passing uh, here, December the 7th of this year. So, uh, which is as again, that's a touchdown for mental health, a touchdown for eating disorders. Um, one of the things I to, to bring this back to food, faith, and feelings. Um, do you believe that as we grow as a country, do you do you think we'll ever reach a point where this won't be as a major issue as it is right now? That's a good question. There's actually, um, I think, eating disorders have been around since people. Um, there's actually, and I'll have to find it if somebody out there knows the verse or knows where it is in the old Testament, but there was a woman that it described a woman that had anorexia that she was in so such, such dire grief that she didn't eat. And so I, my hope and my prayer is that yes, there will be a resolution of this issue in the future. Um, but because there are people, I think there's always going to be problems and, you know, there are just there are a lot of things that we as a corporate body of just people in the world, we all have to grow. But I think that that is that's what we're on. the We're put on this earth to do is to grow and grow up. Um, and I think that it's part of that journey that we we're talking about and, and putting in boundaries like we were talking about with Lucy, you know, putting in some boundaries. We're putting in boundaries locally. We put, you know, put in put in boundaries in families and people. And individuals, and then you know, as we go through and we do these laws and and make these acts happen, then that's more boundary work that we're doing. And boundaries are good; they're safe. They protect what's inside, and they protect what's outside. And so, having and establishing boundaries can be scary. Um, I've had people that have set boundaries in their family, and everyone called them the B word because they were not going along with right. the t- typical family role. And this is leading us right into our verse for the week. Our verse of the week is Proverbs four twenty three. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And I just. I love that because if if we don't guard ourselves, if we don't protect our our hearts, especially those people that we love, I mean, going back to Lucy, you know, she didn't feel protected. In fact, everybody in the family just kind of went along with it. And so um, I am one of those people that has gone out and, and I do different things. I like to see where the line is, that boundary and then if I think it's going to make things better, I like to move that boundary line out. And that's why I started the Mana Fund 10 years ago. And so 
I want to encourage people to begin to find their voice. And one of our um, websites is talkitout.org from under the Mana Fund. And it's designed for people who have eating disorders, for people who are loved ones of people with eating disorders. And I love our tagline. It's talk it out, use your voice, not your body. And so I, I just really want to encourage everyone to protect themselves, to speak out, um, even if they're depressed, do something different. There's opposite action, right? We know right. about that from dialectical behavior therapy. And if you are feeling sad and you want to pull away, then do the opposite action. Just go do something different. Go spend time. Go sit with somebody in front of the television. Go do something different. Do it regardless of how hard it feels but knowing that it's going to be beneficial in the long run. Right. Just get out and do it. Beautiful. Well, our next episode, our next show is going to be on New Year's Day. What are we going to be talking about on New Year's Day? We are going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. Isn't that what everyone talks about? Oh, my God. Yes. yes. But, but I have a different one. You know, most people, they want to diet on New Year's, right? Right, right. I'm going to tell people not to diet. Don't diet. Don't don't ever, just a, that's a nasty word. Well, what about all the red velvet cake I ate, the pecan pie, the collard greens and cornbread? I corn say get, you, get your butt out there and walk, oh. but don't diet. Oh, okay. Let's, let's look at balance. So you want me to do something? I want you to do something different. <laughs> we just talked about opposite action. Do something different. Exactly. Thank you once again for joining us on Food, Faith, and Feelings. I will walk with you on your journey to wholeness, and we will see you next week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.